0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Private Club Radio, the industry source for news, updates, governance, leadership, management, food and beverage, marketing, communications, any and all the things private club related. And we mean country club, city club, golf club, yacht club, athletic club, all the clubs. I'm your host, Denny Corby. A few weeks ago, I was uh, fortunate, me, uh, my family, we went on a little trip, quick last minute trip to Puerto Rico and I tried to plan and uh, interview some club professionals down in Puerto Rico. Uh, Unfortunately, couldn't make it happen in person while I was there between uh, a couple little uh, plans we already had made and uh, an excursion or two. The timing just couldn't work out. But I almost had a chat in person um, with my friend Juan Carlo Vasquez. And he is director of operations at the Condado uh, Vanderbilt Hotel. And I want to connect with him because he started off in the uh, Metro DC area as a tennis pro and um, went from there into the club space, obviously, and then is the director of operations and worked his way up to there over uh, in Puerto Rico. and. Silly me, we made dinner reservations for STK, not realizing that was the Vanderbilt, his property. So we actually could have done the interview in person, but we chatted after I got back and we did it virtually. At least we still got to connect, which was really good. But he and I had a nice conversation. Juan Carlo is a psychology graduate um, who has been in hospitality and the club world for most of his life. And even though he's not at a club currently, um, to me, it's still a higher-end hospitality. It has a club-like atmosphere and just from somebody who spent years and time in the club world. And even though it's still a uh, hotel, there's still a lot of obvious um, similarities and we can always learn from everybody. So everyone, let's welcome all the way from Puerto Rico, Juan Carlos Vasquez.
1: No, I grew. I grew up in Puerto Rico. So I did was, you? Yes, okay. I was born in Baltimore, but I lived there. But I've. I, I'm from here, so I lived pretty much up here all my life. I went to school in DC at American University, but my plan was always to eventually come back. Gotcha. Got gotcha. A project that was to my liking.
0: Now, did you? 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 went for hospitality right or, or no, no it was, i studied it was psychology psychology that was it it's, yep yeah and then how'd you end up in the hospitality realm
1: <laughs> i always liked hotels i always liked clubs um I, I played tennis all my life i played tennis in college so after that i pretty much after i graduated i walked to all the country clubs in the dc maryland area until i finally got a job as a teaching pro at a columbia country club so that started my my career path.
0: And then the how industry. long were you at Columbia for?
1: Columbia, I was probably there for about two years.
0: And then what was your first position there?
1: Just a tennis pro.
0: Okay. Yes, I okay. Start, and then,
1: started in tennis.
0: And then we're, we're about the same age, right? You're about 35?
1: I, I No, I turned 40.
0: Oh, snap, okay. You look really good. <laughs> So so what was it like going from cuz you you started off at the uh your uh bigger position was at the Mandarin right so you did go uh tennis and then
1: so I went from tennis Mandarin? and I went to the to the Mandarin Oriental in DC which is now the Salamander actually turned over this oh, year okay so there I worked front desk and I also worked at the club lounge but the club lounge is a little different than most others since we had a private membership as well so it was a club within the hotel
0: really yeah. What's what was that like so people can join we had be, a, like, lot, so,
1: a lot of a lot of business people that joined we probably had about 30 was our max membership and we had
0: only tw- <laughs> 28 members members that's <laughs> It's, uh, did you have a waiting list like what
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was uh um, i don't know if you read to the rich colton they always have their their club level so it's always busy yeah. so we, uh, we we couldn't really get any get any more than that but it was it
0: was fun it was a lot
1: of you know some government officials ceos of big companies
0: so it was... and then what was it like going from there to baltimore country club
1: then I was looking, I moved a little further up north with my wife to, to Maryland. So I started looking, there was no luxury hotels at the moment in, in the Baltimore area. They created a Four Seasons a little, a few years after, but the Baltimore was probably the, the best spot to work at in Maryland, Baltimore
0: area. And then where did you start off so in, in the club? a
1: res- reservations manager. So reservations and front desk manager there.
0: And then what was, what was your final position when you, when you left Baltimore?
1: I was reservations and events manager there.
0: Gotcha. So, okay. So that's, that's and you were there for about four years, if I remember correctly. I think about
1: a little over four years. I loved it there. It was a blast.
0: And then how did this opportunity for the, uh, for the Vanderbilt come up. So
1: Vanderbilt is actually the first luxury hotel in the Caribbean that opened in 1919, but it was closed for the longest time. It was closed for a little over 10 years and it was due to reopen at the end of 2014. So I always had sort of a, my eyes set on this hotel. So once they renovated it and they were about to open, I came down here to apply for, to help open the hotel.
0: And then what, So what did you apply for? Like, what was like your, your hopes then at that point? Cause you went from, you know, the, the tennis you're at, you know, Mandarin, you're now at a club. Now you're kind of switching a little bit, like switching gears a tiny bit. Um, so what did you apply for? What did you end up getting? And then what, what's that progression been like? Cause you've been there for what, 10 years now?
1: It'll be um, 10 years in September. Oh, wow. Yes. So I, I got the position I applied for, but I was willing to get any management position to be honest. To help, help open the hotel, I started as a front office manager here. Then I went to director of front office, and now I've been about a year and a half as the director of operations
0: here. And, and what does like what does a typical day for you look like as director of operations at the Vanderbilt? Because that's a it's a big property. Um, it's a and, big you know, it yeah, um,
1: five restaurants, so it's a lot of walking. Pretty much making sure our our guests are happy, our employees are happy. She's walking around all day, making sure everything is everything is how it should be.
0: Now, I was at the STK on your property. It, it, now, how did how does that fall under your jurisdiction? Like, so is that is it like a franchise? Like, how how does that work, and what control do you have over that aspect of?
1: It is a franchise, but we we run it one hundred percent. Gotcha. So it it is one of our restaurants. The employees are our employees, so it's it is ours. And we 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 pay the franchise.
0: Gotcha, you, gotcha. You. No, I just wasn't sure if it was like an yeah. outside group or if you guys also <laughs> ran it. Okay, so so that's also part of your. I don't want to say yes. jur- jurisdiction, but that's your jam as well. Yeah, it is. Is that is that the like the uh, in terms of the other restaurants on property? How how does that rank? Is that like one of like your like. To, like how, how does that rank in terms of the the other restaurants
1: of course, that's probably at at night that's definitely our busiest we have our old oceanfront beast is our all-day restaurant that's sort of breakfast lunch dinner brunch casual we have tacos and tequila we have 1919 which is our fine dining restaurant the chef there had two michelin star michelin stars as executive chef in new york so that's probably the most high-end best restaurant in puerto rico and then we have stk which is sort of a fun vibe dining steakhouse you know it's not not your typical steakhouse
0: yeah it was uh it was a great time there i went to the one in vegas and, and the one here was <laughs> uh here there with you is uh yeah. just as good it was really really good and you do you have any anything to do with the casino also or is that a whole different set of operations because the 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 hotel has a casino yeah
1: the hotel doesn't. No. The, it's the we're the Condado Collection as a whole, the company which has three hotels. We have the Condado Ocean Club next door, it's an adults-only boutique hotel, and La Concha Resort, which has the casino, which is about to be an autograph collection this year. Oh wow! It's just the same management company, same ownership, but not inside our property.
0: Now, how what was it like going from because Baltimore was member-owned, right?
1: Baltimore yes it is member owned
0: member owned what was it like going from a member owned club to working for a um, for a for profit organization
1: at the end i don't see it too different to be honest it's still the hospitality service industry you know there's the main difference is the the connections you make at a club are a little closer knit a little longer lasting since you're you're there with Daily, you see them weekly, same people for years and years. At a hotel, it's just three days and a brand new set of 600 to 1,000 people come come in.
0: That's, that's, that's the yeah, biggest difference. Yeah. Big challenge and probably very exhausting too, but also very happy because you don't have to deal with certain members every single day. Yeah. It's like these people are all going to be here for like two or three days and then they're exactly. gone. <laughs> exactly, and, and
1: luckily with the member-owned and for-profit, luckily we have a great ownership group that reinvests a ton into the property. Gotcha. So it's that's cool. There's a lot of hotels that you, you'll see they they need a lot of TLC. This is we have a ownership group that likes to spend and maintain the property and.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. You know, when I when we all walked in and, you know, it's from being in in the club space in the hospitality world, you you see and experience so much. And um, no, the place was absolutely beautiful fan. It was very, very, very well maintained. All the staff was all the staff was fantastic. Now, in terms of the organizational chart, is is there. I don't know if this is getting too personal now, but like, is there yeah. room to grow within that organization? So like from where you're at, at that level, um, what else is like around, like, is like a GM position next? Like what sort of level now, you know, cause it's private club radio. So I'm just trying to bring it Excellent. over to, to now, to now this, it's this space. Pretty,
1: pretty similar to the organizational structure as a club, you know, the following position would be a, I guess, a assistant general manager. Here would be a hotel manager. And then after that it would be GM.
0: So there's, there's two that, more positions. available. Now is that the route that you're looking to go as well?
1: Most definitely.
0: Most definitely. And so. now like would 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 the next level be at because like you're you're one of like the top places on Puerto Rico. So what what's like the next step then? Is it like staying within that organization? Like, is it going back to a club? Where Where do you think the progression is going to go? Or are you just kind of uh, <laughs> taking a, taking it each day no, by I, day?
1: You're right. There, there's not many positions that that I'm looking forward to. There's probably maybe we have a St. Regis here, the same ownership group. There's a Rich Carlton Reserve and Dorado Beach um, Country Club. It's also on par with with us but it's probably maybe you know three to four jobs that I would be interested in for as my next step but I still consider the one in the Vanderbilt is it's a city hotel lots of energy FnB is great so it's to me it's we're, we're notch above but obviously there's there's not much room to grow
0: but yeah. there's still some I was I was over at the St. St. Regis for our for our stay in Puerto Rico and that was absolutely gorgeous and so funny as part of the same yeah. the same group. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you no, know, that that, that the, the the whole so I I can just imagine from what I experienced in the in the time that I had and the in the the hospitality it you can definitely see the the similarities between both both hotels groups um which makes sense because it's the it's the same owners yeah. um have you ever spent any time over at the saint saint yeah. regis
1: i love i love to go there i probably go there maybe one, once a year get get away you know it's it's a beautiful property you know just just play by the pool it's probably 40 minutes from us so it's a nice getaway without having to travel
0: yeah I will say though, it took like when we were coming in for dinner, there was a bunch of traffic. We left during during rush hour, and I forget oh, no, what no, no. what what road it is, but coming from like the St. Regis, it was horrible traffic. Really? And then we get to this one point, and it was just because this one exit, the four lanes, everybody was trying to cut over at the last second. Uh, I forget what what exit it was, uh, but like once we passed that, it was smooth sailings. It was so annoying because it was no, just all driving. these people just trying to <laughs> trying to cut over. <laughs>
1: Driving in Puerto Rico is, is is no fun.
0: Tons of traffic always. <laughs> it was it was definitely a unique drive because you're in it's the 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 measurement is kilometers but the speed limit is miles per hour. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> which Dang I thought it. I was going crazy and I'm like I'm I'm smart enough to be dangerous but I'm like pretty like dumb. So I was I was in my head I'm like is it just me or are we doing kilometer, but then also it's miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> what killed me is we were going to uh, the rainforest tour. So we had somebody come come pick us up. It took, it took the six of us. We were going into the rainforest. And there was – police had this intersection, this whole area blocked off because there was a funeral going by. And there was a dude out on the side of the street who was like filming the entire thing. <laughs> and I made a joke about something, and the driver goes, Oh, yeah, that's our mayor. He was like live streaming the funeral, <laughs> like yeah, <I> the mean. <laughs> funeral procession. He goes, Yeah, he's on social media a lot. It was it's... such a fun trip, such a fun experience. So- <laughs> <laughs> that's that,
1: that's that's Puerto Rico for you, you know. <laughs>
0: Now, would you like to stay there? Would you like to move? Like what, what would be your ideal or is it more uh, a position that would pop up would probably um, be a, be a factor or are, are you looking to stay on, on the probably,
1: island? I, ha- I have two, two babies. One is two and two and a half. The other is four, four or five, five months. Probably looking to stay for the, for the time being. Yeah, Obviously there's more, more many more opportunities in the U S but probably for the next few years, at least stay here. And hopefully you know, there's, there's a lot of properties on the pipeline here in Puerto Rico as well, luxury. So hopefully we'll get a few more in.
0: And, and this is me just talking out loud, but I would assume, you know, being at that level where you're at as well in that hotel and the prestigious, the, the prestige it has and the, in the name, you know, it's probably not even so much of an importance to need to move, so to speak, because you're at such a, I don't want to say it's such a, such a prestigious level, but, um, that would probably be my point of view a little bit too, is that, you know, probably at your level at, at that point, it's not so much of importance to need or want to move. Yes, no, maybe.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm not, I I love this property and I'm not desperate for, right. for any other property at the end of the day. I there's there's very few properties that are as great as this one at the end of the day with, with four yeah. restaurants that we have, the history that we have, the architecture, it's, so I don't, I'm not yeah. jealous of any property in the U.S. or elsewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go through the, like, you know, I'm trying to think and piece through, you know, what you shared with me and the experience. And it's like, well, you know, to get up to that level, you know, there's, uh, I was talking to, I think he, uh, he just worked around the hotel, like in the, in the front area doing, um, uh, you know, the, the shuttles and just, you know, helping out yeah. out, out front and the um he drove us, we went to go uh play play golf over at uh over at the is it by a beach? Baya right, beach. Pronounce that right? Yeah. Yes, so we right. went over to play uh play some golf and we were talking to the driver and he said he applied for something like six months just to get to his position. Is the waiting list that long? Like is the is the talent pool that strict to work at no. one of your properties? Oh, so he, so not he wasn't just, not in anymore.
1: Anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, not anymore. When, when we opened, when we were open in 2014, we had a, a job fair and that was thousands of people showed up. It took several days to interview everybody. Yeah. But that's definitely not the case Have we seen, especially post, post pandemic here in the Europe and the U S it's the same. It's not, not a huge talent pool, to be
0: honest. Gotcha. So maybe he was just a little. He was a bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm and kidding. Sometimes um,
1: your resume does get lost, I guess. But but no, the talent pool is not. It's not an industry that people are flocking to at the
0: moment. So speaking of the the, the talent pool and work and stuff, you know, post pandemic, what what's that been like for you in Puerto Rico and the in the in the Vanderbilt? Uh, cause you also have a fairly, I mean, compared to, so I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania, your minimum wage is higher in Puerto Rico than Pennsylvania. I think we're like seven and change and you're what? Nine something, almost 10. Yeah. 10 we're 10
1: 970. Um, yeah, we were at seven to 725 until about maybe three or four years ago. We had been that for forever. Yeah. So it's a little higher though. I've seen the salaries here don't compare to the ones in the, in the U S um, especially in the high end hotel in a, in a city where we're not close yet and we'll probably yeah. never be. But I mean, post pandemic, it was, it was crazy to be honest. The first couple year and a half, we couldn't find anybody because they were making way more money um, from an employment than, than what we pay. right? And then coming back, a lot of people are becoming sort of mini entrepreneurs, which is, which is great, but the talent pool is definitely lagging, but things have normalized probably in the last year or so. They have definitely normalized. And this is the, the new normal is we're not going to have a waiting list of six months for, for people. Yeah. Applying.
0: Yeah. So what, what, what what are some of the current challenges that you've had with staffing and trying to get people?
1: The main, probably in the kitchen is probably the, the most difficult one. You know, the, the level of our restaurants is, is pretty high and con- getting cooks is the, probably the most difficult cooks and, and housekeepers. You know, if they go through Airbnb, they can definitely make make more money on their own time. So that that's that's a challenge for the housekeepers oh. and the cooks. You know, they're working in food trucks or something that they will get paid cash. Yeah, so that's, those are probably the two most challenging areas.
0: And now, is that what you were talking about when it when it comes to people being more entrepreneurial and having their own thing? Is they could have their own cleaning business and do you know have one, meet one person who has five Airbnb properties and exactly. they can— Ah. I didn't even think about that. That's, yeah, that's definitely a challenge. So, so how, so what, what happened? So, you know, I I don't get to talk to too many people in this aspect in terms of like the, the, the hotel. So, you know, when it comes to that, you have, you have, you know, X amount of cleaners and you need more, whatever. How do you handle that with the demand of now the rooms being flipped in terms of an operational standpoint, that, that sounds like chaos. How do you, what do you do for that? Of course,
1: I mean, things have, have normalized a little bit, but like I said, the, the new normal. But at first we, we couldn't sell 100%. We couldn't sell every room. We, even, even if we had, you know, people willing to pay a ton of money, we couldn't sell every room. Um, Over time, six days a week, seven days a week, whoever, whoever wants. A lot of people are obviously are always willing to, Get that double pay, so that that definitely mm-hmm. helps. But, but a lot of a lot of yeah. overtime.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and then now, do you do you have like in in place where you know you can tell the staff early if you don't want house cleaning, you know, keeping up and all all of that stuff as well, which I'm assuming would probably help a little bit. Like I know when I check into hotels. Uh, I don't like people coming into my room anyway, but just, uh, you know, having the ability to get some extra points or whatever and not have staff come through. I'm sure that probably saves time as well, knowing who wants service and who doesn't.
1: Yes, but here at this, this kind of hotel, most people do want service. Obviously, you'll, you've got a few that I don't, but most people, they want their day service. They want their turn down service. That's you know, they want service another time as well. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll provide it.
0: I guess I'm, I'm, I'm one of the opposites. Like I put my do do not disturb sign on. I don't want people in my room. <laughs> I don't need my me, me stuff too. changed every day. <laughs> I was talking to somebody recently about that. They're like every day I want brand new towels, this and that. And I'm like, I've been to your house before. Um, you don't use the same towels every day and you don't make your bed. So why are you so picky about a hotel doing it? <laughs>
1: Most aren't like that, but we do get the guests that want their, sheets changed every single day. Um, you know, and we're, we're, we're happy to, to make them happy.
0: Going back to your club experience, what has been some of like the biggest maybe takeaways or learning experiences that you've taken from, you know, the four years that it, Baltimore to bring over to the you know hotel and side what what do you think you've you've learned the most from there
1: definitely like i said the the club you you make connections with the with the guests um it, it takes a little longer to get to know them to get to know but you get to know their family you get to know their friends, pretty much all details about their life. So th- those connections are are incredible with the staff as well. I, you you see it at the club the staff stays a lot longer. Mm-hmm. You know at the BCC we had staff members there for fifty years. At a hotel. Five five zero. Yeah. One of our one of our receptionists, I think she just maybe forty. She's been there for about forty year, years now. So people in the kitchen for fifty years. So you do get way more of that. So that, you know the tight knit. The staff is way more of a family. Same with same with the membership. Hotels you don't you don't see that too often. There's way more turnover. There's many more hotels to choose from. So a lot of people jump from one hotel to to another. So that's part of it. So you get to know more people, but that bond from a country club is it's it's, it's incredible.
0: Well, sir, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I just wanted to uh, thank you so much for being on. Uh, thanks for um, coming on. I wish we could have done it in person, but schedules didn't uh, yeah. fully <laughs> fully align down there. It was a last-minute trip as well. But uh, thank you for sending some insight. I really appreciate it. And um, anything else you want to add to, uh, to, our, to our little conversation?
1: No, thank you for your time. It's always great to talk about clubs. I, I love the club industry, so it's,
0: it's incredible yeah thank you so much for sharing really really appreciate it
1: thank you for your time and if you ever want to come back to puerto rico let me know we'll take care of you
0: hope you all enjoyed that episode i know i did wish we could have done it in person but that just means might have to go back to puerto rico to make that happen <laughs> as always if you are enjoying the content any support is greatly appreciated like share subscribe cost nothing means the world if you have not done so already Sign up for our weekly newsletter. Head over to privateclubradio.com, straight there at the top. Until next time. Catch on the flippity flip.